0: Good afternoon, uh, good morning or good evening to everyone wherever you are um, and whichever condition of lockdown you're in owing to the current virus. I'm uh, Chris Parry, I'm a strategic forecaster, an academic uh, and I deal normally with the future of all aspects of human activity. Um, I'm joined today by my good friend Alex uh, Petronenko, he's uh, Creatio's product evangelist, bless him, Uh, And he deals with uh, business and product development, automation, and customer relation uh, technologies. Uh, And today we're going to talk about uh, what's the right thing to do. Do we invest in innovation now or or do we preserve our resources, both our human and our material resources, until things get back to what we think is going to be Uh, The new normal Uh, and we've already invited you to vote on that what you think Uh, and those of you haven't please uh, Take the opportunity to vote now So we get a good impression of what people think at the start of this broadcast And what we're going to do is have another vote at the end and see whether what we've said in the meantime Actually changes your mind about what we should be doing uh, as the world emerges uh, from uh, this virus Um, today we're we're joined by uh, two eminent guests uh, the first is um, Avi Cohen. He used to be the Chief Investment Officer of the Rappaport Family Office, and he was overseeing $1 billion in assets. And I, I bet he's really quite fortunate in thinking he's not having to do that today in the current environment. Right now, he's the Chief Financial Officer of Cabinets To Go. And when I first saw it, I thought this is either about redundant computer hardware or it's regime ministers departing after a coup or an election. But in fact, what they are, they're the largest specialty home improvement retailer in the United States. And they sell kitchen cabinets, countertops, flooring, and accessories, which makes them incredibly popular, I think, with various desperate housewives. But they're heading for a public listing in two to three years' time. They've got over 75 retail locations, and they reckon they're going to deliver $210 million worth of revenue in 2020. They've got 450 employees and over 1 million square feet of warehouse distribution facilities. He's also the managing director of F9 Investments, a family-based private equity firm with multiple portfolio companies in retail, real estate, clean energy, recycling, and technology. And so we're really glad that he's actually spared the time today to come and uh, talk with us. Uh, Also here is uh, Thomas Stewart. He's the integrator and director of operations at Solutions Matrix. Um, It's a CRM partner that specializes in guiding companies through strategic customer experience, digital transformation. Uh, And since 2009, Solutions Matrix has implemented over 300 CRM projects uh, and thinks it's going to have triple digit growth for the second year running. Uh, And so he's got a passion for all business solutions, CRM and customer experience innovation, ERP and organizational change management. I've got a lot of passions. I do like what he's involved in, but my passions, should we say, are a bit more exotic. Um, but he has also uh, a lot of experience uh, in delivering large-scale IT transformation programs across all sectors and industries. So what we're going to discuss today, as I said, is we're going to talk about whether we should be investing now or really hoarding our resources just like banks do uh, against the, uh, the, a better day dawning uh, in future. So uh, Avi, let, let me start with you, if I may. Um, can I ask what your priorities are for investment right now in short and medium term? And how much is that affected by the fact you're going for a public listing in two to three years time?
1: Sure. The, <laughs> right now, everything in the world is on hold. Uh, the main priority for us is keep operations running as quickly, as, as, as smoothly as possible, keep our employees safe uh, and productive, uh, keep our customers as happy and as satisfied as they could be. Uh, so in my multiple roles, multiple hats that I wear within cabinets to go as a large retailer, those are the points of focus. Those points of focus are really in conjunction with asset utilization in store utilization and employee utilization in combination with all of that. And so any new investment is on hold, as you could imagine. Um, Cash on hand is limited to only essential um, activities and or to facilitate any ad hoc activities that we need to do to promote every dollar of sales that we can possibly generate uh, in this restricted environment.
0: So are you able to access any government or or state funds in order to uh, keep the business uh, floating uh, at a reasonable level? Or is it all down to your own resources at the moment?
1: So we were able to access the PPP uh, loan program. Uh, We were able to do that uh, fairly quickly. Uh, We received our funds uh, two weeks ago almost, so uh, fairly quickly. We were fortunately large enough that our banking partners were able to facilitate our needs first, uh, but small enough to still fit within the criteria of the program. Uh, And so Uh we were in a unique sweet spot to get the the additional lines extended to us.
0: Thank you. Thomas, is that your experience uh, as you've seen it?
2: Absolutely. I believe uh, since the beginning of the COVID crisis, uh, everything was put on hold uh, for our clients as well as ourselves more on a reactionary basis, uh, you know, how to, uh, how to adjust to the unknown. Um, of course, cash flow is the number one concern at first, you know, uh, to maintain our employee base, to maintain solvency. Um, but I would say after the first two weeks, uh, I don't wanna say reality resumed. Um, the fact is the world continues to, to turn around upon its axis. Uh, there are, you know, essential services that were maintained. And luckily as a business ourselves we're uh, quite minimally impacted uh, so I would like to say that we're in one of the few uh, few companies to say we're, we're happily still very busy and, and continue to, to grow but um, I, I definitely uh, agree with that you know maintaining that cash flow future investments is still a concern but everything is to be viewed strategically. Um, my understanding is you know as long as you, you use sound fiscal policy, don't put all your eggs in one basket um, there, there's definitely room to invest and I'll discuss my thoughts on that. But, of course, uh, getting access to funding, um, what the governments have provided, uh, be it the Canada or the U.S. Or, or abroad, there are a number of options available to businesses in order to secure additional funding. I think uh, that should be looked at regardless of whether you're investing or not, or just to keep your lights on. Um, you know, exhaust all options uh, to ensure that you do have something to, to fall back on should things take a turn for the worse. Um, but I do believe that there's something to come out of here. Uh, I and I'll, and I'll speak to my points a little later, but I'm yeah, glad to yeah. be to.
0: We'll, we'll go into that now because what we're going to do is ask each of our uh, guests to actually uh, give us a two-minute pitch on what they think is most important at the moment. And Thomas, if we can start with you, um, you're champing at the bit, I know, so uh, let's uh, let's go ahead.
2: Absolutely. Um, th- there's a number of thoughts. Um, I think first and foremost, we have to think about not just the business, but also the people behind the business. Uh, not to forget our employee bases. So. Um, I don't wanna say I'm a, I'm a chief people officer, but I, I believe in my team and I think every leader here um, has a great team behind them. Um, I think the biggest thing is to make sure your employees are still motivated, uh, that they feel secure, that their employment is covered. I know that's not always the case, but where, when and where possible, try to polarize your teams, uh, engage them in your corporate strategy, discuss where we are, share the realities, keep them informed uh, and let them know that, you know where are we trying to take the future of our business? Um, I don't think anyone is in here is in the business of shutting doors. So to keep your team on board, keep them motivated. I think is one of the driving factors in order to achieve any of your strategic investments that you want to do. Whether it's systems, purchases, you need a team behind you. So first and foremost, make sure your employee base is safe, secure, well maintained, up to date, communicated with regularly. Celebrate every day. Celebrate the wins and uh, understand your losses because you know business does continue. This crisis is not. It is a unique situation, but it doesn't mean that business doesn't stop day-to-day. So keep some form of normalcy in your day-to-day with your teams, it helps. And that's my perspective. Um, Secondly, I think one of the important things is looking at efficiencies. Uh, Investing in in, in technology is first and foremost in order to be best prepared to serve your clients, your needs, how to operate your business. Efficiency, I think right now is the name of the game. You wanna lower your, your operating costs, you wanna look at how to best squeeze every dollar, how to stretch every penny as far as you can, how to lower the total cost of ownership of your existing applications in your existing IT ecosystems, um, how to better leverage specific systems such as you know CX platforms, uh, business process automation. Uh, the name of the game is also engaging with your customer base. Uh, and that's what I think Creatio does very well. Uh, how to manage your customer relations, understand your customers. Today, you're not seeing them face to face. You're gonna be engaging with them remotely so using the right systems to track and understand your sales cycle, your customer relationships. I, I think that's where we're going to be able to invest now in order to best be suited to uh, either attack the slope and the backlog that we'll all, that we'll all get when the market turns around um, or to take on your competition. You know, I, there is a harsh reality out there. Not everyone will survive. Um, I, th- I think it's very real. A lot of companies, some of them, you know, were very uh, safe and secure in their investments. Had the cash and the, and the pillow or the, the the war chest as we call it sometimes to brave the storm that we're living today but as the, the market trickles back on to normalcy we're going to have to be prepared to execute and if you're not prepared to execute and you cannot turn the lights on or keep the lights on the, this conversation is, is almost not for you it's to say okay if you are ready to resume business how are we going to do so and how are you going to keep your fair share of the market and if you want to be aggressive how can you take over those spots that are now open for you to step in um I don't want to be mean, but you know, now is the time to attack. When people are suffering, you know, uh, when the enemy is down, you go for the throat. And um, I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Well, thank you very much, Jean. Uh, Indeed, there, Thomas. I, I, I think you're echoing something I've been thinking for some time now: is that the C-suite needs a uh, chief morale officer in the present circumstances. I'm not sure many of your employees would uh, uh, really hear the sentence "preparing to execute" uh, be uh, be something they'd be happy about. But there we go. <laughs> Um, so Avi, uh, your thoughts as we start this.
1: So let me, let me share, you some, uh, share some statistics with everyone that um, reflect both cabinets to go. But it's interesting that a lot of the v- businesses in our portfolio companies and in the CEOs and CFOs that I speak with, uh, we seem to be all falling in the same rough range. So business today is about two thirds of what was pre-COVID for us. Um, I think some retailers are probably worse off, uh, but the 15 or 20 different businesses that either I'm intimately involved with or have connected with the CFOs, that seems to be about where everybody's falling in terms of business levels. Um, That said, costs for generating that business are significantly higher and I'll share a couple of those with you transportation costs for us uh, on average are about 25 percent higher the last two three weeks than they are ordinarily Um, supply chain uh, you know our business is very reliant on manufacturing in Asia shipped over to our distribution center where we assemble re Disassemble the, the 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 boxes, reassemble them, deliver them to the stores, and then on to customers. Um, those are delayed at this point. Keep in mind that Asia was affected by this uh, crisis earlier than us, by about five weeks so far. They're actually starting to emerge from the crisis, so we're hoping that five weeks will remain roughly the 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 supply chain delay, um, and so what you're seeing is every dollar spent on advertising, every dollar spent on store operations, every dollar spent on typical business activities, um, and the expectations of getting $2 back in doing that activity is coming in about, you know, a third less uh, than we expected. Which makes everything a lot more expensive for us. Obviously, we can't raise pricing in this environment. Um, you can't change the model for a, a one month or a four month disruption uh, significantly. You can't change rents. You can't change the number of stores you have. Um, and so, what we're seeing uh, is operations are more expensive. The cost of every dollar of revenue is more expensive. And therefore, you know, the need for a big cash pile uh, is that much more important. And the choices that we are making and constantly making every day, how to allocate the dollars that we currently have and that we have on hand, that we have in reserve, is that much more important, and it makes a very big difference whether this is a one-month crisis or a four-month crisis, because I think four, five, six months, that's going to change the landscape significantly across the world. Um, And so while innovation is a constant thing, innovation is also a very expensive thing. Um, When you launch a new product, when you launch a new campaign, when you launch targeting new customers, that costs you advertising dollars, that costs you effort and time. And all of that uh, is much more expensive today than it was four weeks ago. Uh, And so... The time to innovate is probably over the next, you know, one to two years. The time right now is to conserve as much cash as you can so you can survive. Um, and, and live
3: yeah. I just wanted to, you know, bring a little bit more of a discussion here because I think that you're raising very interesting points. But a few of those that I really wanted to uh, uh, object is really, obviously, you're looking at this uh, current uh, world from the perspective of cabinets right? You're looking at the expense of the company. You're looking at those. Uh, problems that you're facing right now. But if we were to distance ourselves from uh, your specific organization, and look at just the broader view, do you really believe that all of the organizations should be in this preservation mode? Or do you also agree that those companies that have the ability to jump ahead of the game through innovation and through investment into those innovations to actually take the leadership positions should actually do that because they see that uh, the, the opportunity or they at least think that they see it. Sure,
1: sure so, so actually this is a, sorry, this is actually a general question and, and a general response, right? It's not sp- really specific to cabinets. Every business has operating expenses. Every business's operating expenses are now that much more expensive, whether it's specifically shipping, or it's hosting or it's employees, right? An employee today in every business is far less productive today than he was three weeks ago or six weeks ago. So that's an expensive proposition to target a, a, a dollar worth of revenues, whether, you know, today versus a month ago, let's say. So that's what we're talking about. I, I think every business is looking at their own reserves. And whether they have a lot of reserves or a few reserves, they're trying to figure out how long they could survive. And all of that thought of innovation, it's gonna be centered around really short-term kind of ideas. What can I do right this second, push out right this second, implement right this second effectively, right? Because I'll give you a great example. We're not gonna, no one is putting together a new ERP implementation this week, right? because that's a year process with a lot of time effort. And while certainly you're gonna be more effective and more uh, efficient at the end of that process, that's not for the next month, two months, three months. That's something exiting this, if you survive, said, you know what? My experience the last two months was horrible because I didn't know what my inventory was. Cause I didn't know what my CRM and I didn't have a good way of reaching out to all my clients. I really need to update and revamp my entire CRM uh, product. So from that perspective, yes, this is the time to sort of jot down all of the things, all of your shortcomings and address them over three years, uh, not to make any big changes now because those changes are just not.
3: Uh, but Tom, uh, really, what do you think of this? What do you think uh, in regards of the uh, you know company that will invest now will have the chance to jump out of the game? And can you actually agree with the fact that some of the organizations are now less productive
2: i definitely have my thoughts um i, I agree with, with regards to some industries i, th- I think to, to make a bike and statement say all businesses are affected is you know i think slightly out of proportion when it comes to services the financial services industry technology industry i've actually seen an increase of productivity across all of my employees of over 10 percent uh working remotely no tr- no no travel completely it enabled it's great our bottom line has actually increased our profit margins have increased and we're passing along those savings as we can to negotiate new deals and close new business but i think to state that you know everyone now should hold on for a year two years three years my concern is it's going to be too late and to spend a few dollars now into a transformation project so that you are able to, one, service your customers better now or service service your customers better today and tomorrow, you'll keep your customers, you'll sell more and therefore increase your your, pro, your productivity and your profit margins. You have resources in companies that are sitting there, I don't want to say twiddling their thumbs, but how often have businesses run their operations, management and subject matter experts at 100%? We all know that running a business, every employee is over allocated, way too busy to even accomplish a transformation project. And when you have a meeting with a client and say, hey, we're gonna need six people from your team for six weeks, everyone kind of rolls their eyes and freaks out and says, oh, another job on top of my other two jobs. Great. Now we're saying, okay, maybe you have a few cycles. Maybe you're not 100% busy. Great, now's the time to double down. Use your staff, use that body of knowledge to further your business. Invest now. And we offer—we have a multitude of financing terms. As the U.S. has their different uh, investment opportunities, Canada has very interesting financing terms in order to, you know, support business transformation at very low interest rates. And we've even lowered our rates to have zero zero cost financing. So we're trying to provide those fle- that flexibility to our, you know, prospective customers and say, invest now while you have the bandwidth to accomplish significant business transformation, so that in three, six, nine months you are already a sharper, leaner, better company. And that's our view on it. And I think keeping the team busy is part of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, we all remember what happened to to Blockbuster that would definitely just, you know, didn't transform, did not innovate. And they were once ahead of the game, now they're way, way, no, they're forgotten, right? And even after our, you know, conversations with... Adapt or die. die. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) even through our conversations with analysts, we actually see, and everybody states that, now is the time where organizations actually are forced to rethink all of their operational processes, all of their processes, right? Because they either are broken or they're not working in this new environment. So through rethinking and through rediscovering those processes actually oh, very often comes the innovation part, right? Where you actually need to start from scratch, start something new, or at least try to adapt to this, so to bring something into your, uh, to your employees, to your customers as a process. Right.
1: So this, this sounds to me like you guys want to all get together and redesign the house while it's still on fire to give you better access to the burning building. So my, my thought is the house is on fire. Um, the first thing you need to f- focus on is, is putting out the flames. True, when you rebuild the house over the next two or three years, you're gonna make some improvements. You've learned some lessons. Hopefully you've survived in the house could be renovated or, or repaired, uh, but really, you know, sort of the meat of the innovation. The the needs for innovation are going to be discovered over the next month or two, right? You're going to find out that your way of accessing customers, your way of reaching um, and meeting the needs of your customers, were lacking in some way, and then you're going to sit down in two or three months when 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 you stop putting out these little fires and you're going to say, okay, this is what I need to do to redesign so in the future I could do this better. Um, and then you, over the next year or two years, you're going to implement those changes in a thoughtful and and, and and well-planned manner as opposed to what you're doing this week, last week, two weeks ago, which is, oh my God, I need video conferencing so I could talk to my client. Oh my God, I need to record some of that for legal purposes. Oh my God, I need a way to have signed documentation for legal contracts uh, that's automated and i hadn't put that in place before because they used to all come in and we meet and sign shake hands and sign paperwork in person, uh and that's what you're dealing with now
3: and chris sorry to to hijack the conversation there about uh passing it back to you
0: thank you guys what i'd like to ask is uh, how much uh, is innovation now and investment now limited by what your partners and your customers are doing because you could get well ahead of the game in terms of technology and find that everybody else of course is lagged behind and you can't really uh, take advantage of some of the technologies that you might have introduced in the meantime avi can we start with you again
1: so i i, I don't i don't think any responsible investment organization is going to push their people to uh to to, to make any radical changes today i don't think any responsible management team is going to push their strained employee base uh, and management teams to, 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 to make radical changes, you know, again, three, four month period. Uh, exiting that, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think that's just both a knee jerk reaction to let's save every dollar, but also, you know, there, there is a lot of dollars being spent on sort of emergency actions and emergency patches and solutions and band-aids to help us operate right now. Um, so we need those dollars. We, we, we can't split the IT guys and, 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 and the programmers, the dedicated programmers to you know to work on sort of longer th- thought pro- projects. We need them right now to fix the little bits and pieces that are breaking all around us.
0: Yeah, what about you Thomas, from your
2: perspective? Um, I, I think the two or three month range is reasonable. What Avi proceeds and and projects and saying, okay, you know, today maybe not hold on to your funds, but in three months as we begin to emerge from the the, the fiery house, shall we say, is realistic. I'm, you know, I'm not saying dump a million dollars today. I I think if you were in the sales cycle and understanding your digital transformation and building a digital transformation roadmap yesterday or six weeks ago, it's going to take another month or two to close. Uh, You know, companies are not releasing seven figure checks today but they are still at the discussion table, which means companies are still actively looking at digital transformation. If they don't, they will die. They are hemorrhaging funds and hemorrhaging productivity in old obsolete systems. Now, when you look and say, okay, it's gonna take two months to build a proper SOW, understand your requirements, engage with the customers. So, you know, maybe I'm not saying or advocating for everyone to say, okay, blank check as of tomorrow, but two months is the blink of an eye in the business world. It's less than a quarter. So to say within the next quarter, companies are going to be re-engaging in significant business transformation is, I think, stating investing today. Today is within the quarter. I think when we start pushing out beyond the quarter, then then yes, maybe then it's people are more risk.
0: Okay, let me, let me give you a scenario then. Let's just say that things are gradually getting back to normal uh, in a staggered sort of way by the 1st of June now. What one piece of technology would you want to have in place? either of you uh, making- in order to take advantage of the upswing that is going to occur straight away both in order to deal with the backlog but also to deal with competitors and get ahead of the game I'll start with you Thomas
2: uh, I'm going I'm going to say it bluntly and, and it's it's almost it's almost a, fr- a free joke customer experience the crm platforms engaging with your persp- your prospects through marketing automation through proper customer profiling understanding their their, their purchasing habits what are their pain points how are they engaging with you, how to better service your customers, how to better sell to your customers, because it's all about getting revenue. Regardless of what industry you're in, it's about understanding your customer base and managing it properly.
0: Because we and- all know, looking at past, past pandemics, there's a huge uplift in both Wall Street, uh, in the stock market, and business generation. As soon as Uh, These restrictions get lifted. So, customer experience for you, Avi, what would you put in place? I
1: I hundred percent agree that that will be the 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 full focus uh, should be the full focus of every company, ourselves included. We want to make sure the leads are in place. We want to make sure advertising is maintained, uh, which is our biggest driver of customer engagement. Uh, We want to make sure we're maximizing that. and shifting things correctly so that when we do emerge, whether it's May 15th or June 1st, we have the powder to to re-engage customers. We have the systems and the leads and the the procedures to reach back out quickly and efficiently so we don't miss anyone and don't leave any uh, potential customers uh, uh, untouched.
0: Okay, Um, and as we head towards that date, what one thing is keeping you both awake at night at four o'clock in the morning? I should we
1: start with you? Sure. So my biggest concern, and 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 is is sort of, and let's use advertising because it's a big portion of my budget, is that I'm still, you know, advertising is booked three months to a year in advance for the most part. Big TV advertising, uh, big promotion uh, campaigns. Um, my concern that's keeping me up at night. Uh, is split equally between trying to reposition that in a way that's effective, and making sure that I have, when we emerge, the people and the and and, and the employee pool base uh, morale uh, to be able to 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 take advantage of uh, of the advertising we're lining up to to deliver customers through the doors.
2: Yeah,
0: Thomas, on your side,
2: absolutely. Uh... You know what, I, I second uh, Avi's thoughts on, on advertising and marketing. I, I think traditional print marketing and visible marketing on, on the sides of roadways and, and print media, it's gonna change. I, I think the exposure is, is gonna drop significantly as we gradually come back to uh, quote unquote normalcy uh, and drive into work every day and, and look at the broadcast signs on the sides of the highways. But at the same time, I think the, the more human aspect is I'm worried about my employee base. I'm worried about the fear of people taking public transportation again. I'm worried about how we're going to resume and, and handle the incumbent waves of infection that we still don't have a grasp on entirely. And I think, you know, the data is still coming out. So my fear is even less on the business side, more on the human aspect and how it will affect adversely our businesses as we are ready to re-engage. And then we're going to get hit with a second doozy. And it's and it's to understand how we're going to mitigate that and gradually adjust.
0: So my next question, Thomas, again, I'll start with you while, while you're still on screen, is... Um Do we think we're dealing with intelligent customers when we're deploying technology, um, both in in terms of the people we're selling to? And are we intelligent customers in return uh, when we're buying from technology companies? So how much do we need trusted partnerships in that respect?
2: Um, I I think everyone is an intelligent customer. They all understand their unique use cases. They all have their unique problem statements. And it's a question of understanding how how to handle them in the journey and help guide them through the journey of digital transformation. I think everyone wants to become better. Nobody wants to just, you know, stay at the status quo. We want to become more efficient. We want to become more profitable. We want to do our job better. And it, and it's to help them through that. And I think having a guided partner is always ideal. You know, we are, we are the CRM partners. We are here to help you through your customer experience journey, building a better customer experience platform for you. That's what we do with Solutions Metrics. That's what Creatio does with a great platform. But, but at the same time, we also use trusted partners ourselves. We don't, you know, take on different transformation initiatives without engaging the experts. I mean. Why struggle twice yourself when you can hire a professional to help you get there faster, easier, and learn more while you're with them? And How that's do you gain
0: good. that trust, Thomas? How do you gain that trust? How do I know, as a, say, just a general guy who wants to spend some money, uh, that I can trust a, a partner, particularly a technology provider, if I don't know th- about these things?
2: And, and and this is this is where it gets a little touchy. I mean, where we used to be face to face, and now in the day the, the days of remote engagement. You know we don't often have that face-to-face interaction gauging physical cues as you mentioned uh, in our previous discussion chris just hearing the voice is not always it you want to see the eyes roll you yeah. want to see the twitch. you want to see the the biting on the lip or the the, the nervous clacking of the pen is it, it how to gauge your customers how to gauge your your your, your counterpart on the other side of the table it's going to become difficult we're going to have to learn to leverage you know our it tools differently i, I I don't know yet. I think it's gonna become uh, more and more difficult as we, as we progress.
0: One of the interesting things that uh, I've been seeing recently in customer relations is the extent to which uh, uh, the, the buyers are actually doing a lot of research in terms of the data exhaust that their, their sellers and the individual sort of evangelists uh, put out of the back. And so outside of the company, people are researching the people they're dealing with on the internet and there's a lot to find apparently. Avi, can I ask about your experience here?
1: sure the the, uh, the the one thing I would add to this conversation is during the last month and over the next month we've we all have a set and a group, both a, a narrow set and a wider set of partners that we deal with and and we've we've had a unique opportunity to evaluate how those partners act, what those partners can offer us, and how adaptable they are during times of crisis like we're in right now and so um, part of that is, is how well you're doing now, uh, how well is your ERP partner doing, how well are your, 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 your programming partners are doing, how well the ad and integration partners are doing, where, sh- where their shortcomings are, where they've stepped up and helped you in, the, in this time of need. Uh, and that will really help a lot in terms of, of how the next two years will look like
0: okay are staying with you. Um, let's just say you do want to invest uh, both for now and, and into the future. W- what's your best argument for uh, bringing technology on board in today's environment and saying to your bank manager, your investment uh, partner, this is why I need to put money in right now. What's your best argument to go to the bank or the financial institution to say, I need this now uh, and I want to do it immediately and I want to do it in the short, uh, short to medium term as well.
1: So it's the same discussion that you always have,
0: right? It's,
1: I think if I invest X dollars, I will make X return on those dollars internally. Here's what I think that will enable me to do. Here's why I think it will enable me to do that. It will help me reach more customers, engage customers in a, in, in a better way, a different way, a more efficient way. It will help me streamline my back office processes uh those are the those haven't changed those are the same discussion and measurements that you use for every dollar spent all the time it's that much more important and concentrated obviously when the dollars are scarce
0: but you know i'm the bank manager avi i hear what you say but it's a very risky time now to lay out cash you know for this sort of thing it's very speculative you know what guarantees have i got that that i'm going to get a return on this
1: Uh, That is the classic problem. Uh, Investment dries up. That's part of the reason that the government is stepping up with uh, low to no cost uh, loan programs. It's uh, why they're injecting liquidity into the market. Uh, They are the lender of last resort and they're pumped $3 trillion into the economy in the U.S. just to support
0: that. Alex, do you want to come in on this?
3: Um, Yeah, I just wanted to maybe reflect on uh, the fears that Avi and Tom kind of expressed, right? Basically, what I feel they both express is the fact that uh, we do have those fears that, you know, either the world now is very different and will never going to be the same in the future, right? So it will be coming back to some sort of a normal, but the normal is going to be different than it is right now. And of course, as far as I understand, as far as I'm concerned, the innovation is also part of you know, becoming adjusted to that world, right? And uh, this is where there's, for me personally, there's no question whether we should preserve or we should uh, invest in innovation because we're gonna have to innovate. We're gonna have to adjust to that new world. Uh, But uh, again, you know, uh, another question here is, you know, counter-preservation, and this is probably directed to you. Assuming uh, you would have a, an option, you were presented an option to invest in software that would reduce your operational costs and would reduce your organization costs by 30, 40 percent, guaranteed. Would you still be on the side of preservation, or would you still, uh, or would you change your mind and you would go for the uh, investment in the innovation, understanding that it will drive your costs down overall?
1: Okay, so, so so longer term, absolutely, we should all be on the side of innovation all the time until you have a clear path of when and what the exit of this crisis looks like. Um, I, you know, I, a, it's gonna to be tough to focus people on it. It's, uh, and B, it's, it's, it's really uh, the dollars spent right now is, is, is unthinkable as an investor. It, you know One thing that always annoyed me about public companies is they seem to spend money like every additional dollar coming in from investments is free they're not they're hard to get private equity dollars are hard to get bank dollars are hard to get it's our responsibility to to, to be very frugal with it uh, when it does come and always weigh risk versus reward yes innovation is going to be an absolute absolute necessity when you exit out of this uh because the world will change no doubt about it and whether it's more you know, virtual uh, reality, better uh, online engagement with your customers, whatever it may be, you're going to need to get better at that. No argument there. Uh, but you're not even starting that process Yeah, so you could see an exit.
0: I yeah, mean, but- Avi, let me ask you a very quick question, and you, Thomas. Would you rather spend money right now on mitigating risks to your business or exploiting opportunities that will come?
2: Um, I'll, I'll think it first. I look at it this way. Um, Will I be there in six months? If if I put myself in the head of any prospective entrepreneur, do I have the cash flow? Do I have some form of cushion? You know, and and this has to be a six to nine month plan. If you're viewing the next three months and that is where you're you're mapping and you're planning is stopping, you you need to look further. So understanding, Okay, six, nine months, do we have a business plan? If you're saying, you know, on average, 70 percent of what it used to be, two thirds of where we used to be you're going to have to look at cost cutting. I think that's the number one thing on people's mind is how do I lower my, my, my operating costs to remain profitable or remain at least, you know, cash flow positive, and, and solvent. Okay, well, what are the number one reasons if I don't invest today, I won't be there in six or nine months. And I, and I think that's my way of looking at it. I think if we have to cut costs, what are my options? And oftentimes it's the business systems supporting the company.
1: Good, Avi? And the one objection I always have with, with analysts is um, they always think that, cutting expenses is a switch on the wall and you just go to it and you hit the switch and expenses are cut advertising expenses are prepaid six months a quarter a year in advance payroll you know even if you laid off the entire workforce today you're probably paying between two weeks and four weeks worth of severances and and obligations Um, there's no easy way to just flip a switch and, and 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 realign an entire business especially when that business um, is only shut down temporarily, meaning you know, it, it, you're not going to go through the expense of shutting things down and cutting costs on a more permanent basis if they're going to just pick up. Now, the question is, are they going to pick back up in three weeks or in nine weeks or in three months? And, and, and so that, that's sort of the game you're playing. You don't want to shut too many things down uh, because it'll cost you that much to get them back up. Uh, and that's really the question, and and that's where the dollar. That's why you want to hold on to the dollar.
0: Good. Okay, guys. Last question. Okay, because We're going to wrap up soon. Okay, what's uh, what's the role of um, thought leadership and storytelling at this stage from your point of view?
2: I, I think thought leadership is is something I use with all of my team. As, as we are a services company, we are we are business transformation consultants our job is to provide thought leadership every time we're in a meeting with our customers we're there to to ask the questions poke and prod and direct the conversations towards business process re-engineering that is our ultimate goal and 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 when i say thought leadership positivity is the is the key right now and in in today's day and age there's a lot of uncertainty you you have to be the, the the knight in shining armor shall we say i think right now to be in front of people and say okay um Everything's gonna be fine. Let's look to the future. I know that at the end of the day, we all say, look, look we're, we're in the situation we are today. How are we gonna address it? But thought leadership must be, let's plan for the future. How can we best adapt, keep a positive outlook? You know, the world goes on.
0: Avi, last word from
2: you.
1: Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree. Uh, the, the, the job of everyone, whether they're line workers, salespeople, management, investors, partners is to, is to sort of constantly talk, figure out both the short-term and the long-term challenges and, and work together to, to address them. Uh, some projects will start a little later. Some projects will start right this second because we need them. Uh, this world will recover. We will recover very quickly uh, because once we pass a certain point, the very next day, everybody will be eager and ready to, to, to get on with their lives. Uh, and, that's, and so I, I think from a thought process, uh, all of that needs to, all these conversations should be constantly happening uh, and, uh, and should continue plans and new plans and, and on top of plans constantly being adjusted. So I, I'm, I'm in agreement there. May I have
2: one parting thought? I yeah, wonder- of course. I think that the current question that's asked, you know, do we invest now or, or, or maintain our resources for a future date? It's relative to what industry you are, how much your company was impacted by the current crisis. I mean, I'm, I'm in a lucky position. We were relatively unimpacted. And, and if anything, we're benefiting with the fact that people are now engaging more and more remotely and need to use CRM platforms and CX platforms more readily. There are other industries such as the essential services industries. They are running at 150% capacity. They need to find a way to operate better and leaner and more agile. There are other industries that are slightly impacted, and you know, say a thirty percent impact off the bottom line. And there are others that are at a crawl and a standstill. And and I think that this discussion that we've had is you know impacts each of those businesses and has questions at each different level. And I think we should take these conversations further in other sessions like this to discuss how the different impacted levels of businesses can react and and hopefully adjust.
0: Thank you very much. Well, everybody, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Just to uh, summarize, um, a lot of you, I think, probably know I used to be in the navy. Uh, And one of the things uh, that we used to really believe was uh, in priority order, what we had to do with our ships in action was firstly to float, then to move, and then to fight. Uh, And it had to be in that order because you can't fight if you're not floating and you can't maneuver if you're not moving. So I get the sense that there's a bit of uh, everything here. We're gonna have to float and move in the short term. We're gonna have to invest in fighting uh, over the longer term. And that actually dovetails very well with strategy because strategy for any company is about, first of all, survival and then uh, building sustained success. And you have to invest in not always equal measure, but you have to invest in both if you're going to go forward Uh, and managing those outcomes, uh, the resources you've got uh, and the ways in which you're going to implement your business is really important. And one of my favorite quotations is from a friend called Paul Greenberg, who I know associates with Creatio. He's written a great book on uh, uh, CRM. And he says, the way you think about your business and how to engage customers at deeper levels means satisfying their self-interest. So that their experience is exceptional enough for them to want to continue to do business with you. And I put in brackets, even after COVID-19 coronavirus. Okay, thank you very much to Alex, Avi and Thomas for their fascinating and original insights. I agree, I think this conversation could have gone on for much longer. I learned a great deal, and I hope that everyone here did as well. And we look forward to seeing you again in future. Thank you very much.